Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you're having a really, really good time out there. And welcome to this edition of BPM, where we have a special Merry Christmas from... Zoig. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of BPM, the podcast where we get behind people's music. I'm your host, Ashley Scraisvendel, communicator, musician and professional prankster, it seems, given the introduction there. That was a little snippet of what's to come. Today we are really in the industrial zone, really in the noise today. No melodies, no sort of hooks, nothing to sort of keep you grounded. We're really going to a different place with Zoig who you will hear a little bit later on. So what's been going on these past few weeks? Well, I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody, finally. Uh, Took me a little while to get there. I did think it was very good, but then I am a big queen geek, so it's going to take quite a lot to please me, I think. And uh, they had a documentary out a few years back that I just think showed a better story of who Freddie Mercury um, was and what the band really was and what they are today so yeah didn't really like that movie very much been to a few gigs had a gig of my own actually here in berlin at a bar called radler's bar i mean english people say radler's doesn't really work but it's radler's as in uh, the beer type and i was there playing a gig and uh, yeah it was really good fun thank you to everyone who turned up and uh, came out to see me hopefully i'll get to catch you around town again another time soon I've been off interviewing more people for the podcast. You'll be pleased to know that these episodes are going to easily run into the new year. We have weeks and weeks of content left. We've got some uh, blues stuff coming up. We've got jazz coming up. We've even got cabaret coming up at some point. And then we've got singer-songwriter, folk stuff, rock stuff, loads of stuff really uh, to listen to. And if you haven't checked out the previous episodes, do so. You can go to BPM Pod forward slash episodes or just bpmpod.com sorry forward slash episodes or just go to bpmpod.com and you can find everything there as i recounted a few weeks back we're available on a lot of uh, different platforms now we were on acast uh, itunes spotify podbean radio public and the website itself so there is no excuse not to listen and i can see who listens every week and how many people and i think we've gone into a few hundred listeners now so that's good Um, If you want to show your support, please go to the Facebook page, BPM Podcast, and there you can uh, like the page. And as you know, if there are no page likes, then obviously you're not a real person, such is is life. Um, So if you could go there, that would be really good, just so people take us seriously. Now, this week's episode, we go sort of the niche of the niche. And I don't think that that's me being insulting or really dismissive of what you're about to hear at all. In fact, I think... Vladislav, or Vlad, the guy that we're about to talk to from Zoig, the band that we're going to hear a little bit about, would agree that it is really a niche of a niche. You don't really sit down and listen to this when, you know, you're at a dinner party or when it's Christmas, like now. But that's why I thought, well, what funnier time to do it? Why the hell not? Let's put out a podcast where I talk to one of the nicest people I've ever met, and uh, we put out a podcast about his sort of angry soundscapes around Christmas. Because, yeah, fuck Christmas, evidently. 
I actually really, really like Christmas, and I have it on good knowledge that most people here do. But uh, yeah, this just seemed um, somewhat obscure, somewhat contrary, I guess. So this is what we've got out today. Zoic are an industrial sort of noise post-rock band, I guess is the best way to put it. I do actually ask Vlad himself to define the genre, and it is very difficult. I guess it's most similar, as we talk about in the episode, to Swans is probably the closest. So think big sound, big soundscapes that you really get lost in with very few hooks or repeated patterns. It's really a sort of go-with-the-flow organic experience, and it really does transport you somewhere else. While that may not sound like your type of music, I encourage you to give it a listen because it takes a lot more effort than you think. It's not just a bunch of guys in a room turning their amps up and hitting things loudly. It takes a lot more sort of preparation than you think. And actually to play music non-conventionally, but to still make music, is actually pretty bloody difficult. Vlad and I talked for absolutely ages. I was really ill at the time of recording, so you will hear that my voice sounds a little like this. That is not normally as my voice sounds. I was quite sick at the time, and I'm actually sick now in uh, mid-December recording this introduction again. And we talked for a long time about Spotify, about the music industry, about Russian music, about Eastern European music, about loads of stuff. And to be honest with you, it was just too long to put in a podcast. It was a good sort of hour, hour and a half of um, of content, and I thought, well, we need to edit that down a little bit. So here is sort of half an hour to 40 minutes of our conversation, but I just want to say thank you very much, Vlad, for the really, really stimulating conversation. It was really, really good fun to talk to you. And uh, yeah, really good time was had by all. So as I said at the beginning of the episode, sincerely, Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. We'll be back in the new year with another episode. We will be hearing from a singer-songwriter in the new year, something uh, to welcome you in that's quite jolly and uh, pleasant. But for now, go on the musical trip, buy the ticket, and take the ride, as Hunter S. Thompson would say, and here is Zoig. My name is Vladislav, shortly Vlad, I'm from St. Petersburg, 20 years. Been here in Berlin since five years. Actually, yeah, three days ago it was anniversary, anniversary like five years I'm here. Wow. Uh, but I didn't celebrate. I'd say, did you do anything? Uh, no, I forgot about it. I just remember now that I had in, in this anniversary. And... Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a musician. I'm absolutely self-made musician. I barely had any lessons, only maybe one or two with a, one bass player. My main instrument is bass, but I'm also playing guitars a bit. I'm playing a bit drums. I'm singing a bit, but this is like way lower as if I'm bass player and band leader, so to say. So, and what's your sort of main outlet for music? So you got a you were in a band, right, as well, and then you do some stuff on your own also. Right. Uh, you mean like a solo artist? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's a long shot. I'm I'm planning it since one or one and a half years to do my solo album, and then I want to invite some other musicians to play with me, or just like uh, studio mus- musicians. So mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. compose 
all those songs or have a concept of an album and then they and then I just grab people like I know that this guy I really want to have him playing cello or I have this uh, constant drummer who is always for all those songs there but this is still this is I mean I'm so busy with other stuff and so busy with my main band and with my job and with my study so I I still I'm I'm not so far but what's your main band main main band is uh, Zeug used to be Halbzeug which means half thing um, and this is the, the band also started as a duo only a drummer and me on bass mm-hmm. and originally I wanted to make some really heavy sludge or stoner thing but the drummer with who I started to play he is very open minded and he's pretty bored with regular structures with regular music where it's like one, two, three, go uh, like intro, verse, chorus uh, I don't know solo, yeah, although all those regular structures, they, structure. they, they're super boring for him, yeah, and uh, yeah. he can play like this. He can be very tight and like one, two, three, four, break, one, two, three, four, break, or whatsoever. But it's really he doesn't want to do that. And I realized at some point, the more we played together, I also realized that I'm 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 sick and tired of all those like regular things in music. And it's it's I like some tight music where it's which is predictable, but I don't want to play predictable music anymore. So we started to play as a duo and then I, at some point I wanted to invite a session saxophone player. We tried it but it was not really good because, I mean it was exciting to play but you wouldn't call it a ready music so to say or a piece of music or like a band, it was just like jamming together. Uh, so we just made a couple of sessions with this guy, Cataldo is his name, and then, and then gone. We continued to do our own stuff as two-piece band. But we also had a good friend, uh, my drummer Udo. He also had a good friend who is, who turned up, who turned out to be an amazing guitar player. Mm-hmm. Really non-conventional, absolutely different and weird. Uh, who is also like a bit gloomy, a bit depressive sometimes, but an amazing musician. And we just started also regular like simple sessions. Just invited him to rehearsal space and just do some noise for about two or three hours mm. or maybe for a whole night. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about like involving him as a regular band member, but like two years ago or a year ago and a half, it didn't work out really. He was just like stepping back and was not really interested. But at some point, I don't know how it happened. He became more interested and he, he, he started to call us and say like, okay, like when, when we are going to do another rehearsal and what about this song? And he started to be really creative. Mm. And since then, uh, since that moment, we became a three-piece band. Mm. And I guess we will stay like this for, for the rest of the time. But you never know. Your most recent release was Low, right? Yeah. That was exactly. just released not too long ago, right? 12th of August, yeah, right. And how has that gone? What's, what, how have you promoted that? Has there been any sort of good reception to that? Because mm-hmm. it's quite a specialist type of music. Exactly. Let's put it that way. You are absolutely right. And actually, I'm aware that our music won't, barely will get or gain some commercial success. Hmm. And uh, But also, as a booker, I understand that 
doesn't matter how underground or how outstream you are you have in this digital age you have to push it you have to use yeah. facebook you have to use bandcamp and yeah, so definitely. on and so on just get it out if you just release an album and post it on your uh, timeline on facebook pff, no, no one cares, no one cares. you will not you yeah. will not even get gigs for no. that no. Uh, so and we we invested actually a lot of time in this uh, it was one of them it, it's still the most serious release which we've done We've got two sound engineers who've been taking care of us, and one is a sound tech of Berghain. Um And we spend maybe like one or two days just setting up the mics for drums. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we spend about four days in studio, usually like recording for every day 10, 10 hours. Wow. Uh, but it is also because of the songs. There are only three songs, and altogether it's 40 minutes. minutes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, it's very unconventional it's not a pop format it's not radio format it's very special niche thing yeah so and what, what would you describe it as it's kind of what noise rock industrial rock i, don't none, really I mean like it's sort of post-rock yeah. i would say it's yeah. instrumental post-rock music and it's really hard like all of us all three of us we don't like to play predictable music mm. we well, don't you you've achieved that yeah <laughs> thanks yeah, I'm, i'm really happy that, that you that you noticed that Uh, so yeah, and as I said, meanwhile, I, I, I was in touch with, and I'm still in touch with some journalists, with some magazines, and with some blogs, and I send them uh, our EP with all the references and all the descriptions, but there have been not so many uh, feedback from them. No, no. There is still one guy who is interested, I hope he will hear that, <laughs> who is still interested to write a review for our album, yeah. and uh, I've he's a journalist and he's here's actually the magazine it's called schmutz mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool because uh he's also doing that with one or two friends and this is not really a money income thing it's mm. just he's doing it because he likes it mm. that's the first good thing about him uh, and about schmutz magazine and another good thing is that they are doing really they are moving in those dark experimental heavy um niche of music mm -hmm. Mm. which were perfectly fitting Mm. Uh, and he was he, he was quite excited uh, about the EP which we released and but I get more <laughs> the funny thing is that I get more feedback from the musicians than from the listeners mm. and mm. I, I just like two days ago I was at the show of Schmutz magazine in Marie Antoinette uh, with two bands Krelfe and uh, Plattenbau Plattenbau was amazing there are two Amer American guys and one British guy And then I also met a Dutch band there, and we've been in touch since then, and I send them our music, and they've been really excited. So, yeah, that's cool, let's do a tour, let's go, let's do something together. Mm. But uh, it's, it's more like, sometimes I think that this is sort of le art pour le art thing, you know, art for an art. Yeah, yeah. Which is very hermetic, which is very closed, and... Uh, If we have crowd and listeners, that's cool, but we are not, I'm not hunting for them, so to say. No, no. I'm trying to, as I said, I send to some blogs like a Closer Listen or uh, another music blog, which is called, could it even be called music? <laughs> which is, <laughs> it's perfect for sound. But like, I don't know, like most part of those people who are doing this kind of things, we are doing it like part-time or as, as their like free-time thing. 
So they're overwhelmed with other stuff, and they get a lot of submissions. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not pissed with them that if they don't answer. Maybe they don't like music. Maybe they don't think that it's interesting for their public. Mm. But who are the sort of pioneers, I guess, or like um, influences in this sort of field of music? Because, I mean, you've got someone like Swans, I guess, who are pretty similar. They're about the only sort of post-rock, industrial yes, rock band of. I really listen to. to Swans are like this, and... Uh, and they do quite well for themselves, out of what is really quite a niche Well, but you, 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 have, you have to keep in mind that they've been playing since yeah. 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and uh, there is a story that they used to, in the very early years, they used to tour with Sonic Youth. And they used to, they they used to be uh, um, their supporter band mm. on tour, but mm. Sonic Youth decided. They said to them, "Like guys, could you please play after us? Because if you play the first, <laughs> there are going to be nobody no, no, no. in the club." No, no. And they've been playing after uh, Sonic Youth, wow. though they've been like smaller band. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty like even you admitted it's a pretty sort of you have to be in the right sort of either zone I think to really appreciate it like mental state or you have to be sort of into this sort of niche because it is not as you say quite mass consumable in that sense it really is to say it nice yeah <laughs> but no but it really isn't but then I saw uh, Swans uh, play I mean, it was not live but I saw it online or something and I think it was off their latest release what was that a year or two ago I heard it on the radio somewhere to be kind and yeah. I saw that live and fuck me it like blew me away like, I don't know, not not in the sense that you can pick out any melodies or anything, like you say, but it was just like the stage presence of it. And I don't know, it's like a proper wall of sound. You're exactly. Like, Shit. And you, like, and you are just there and you, there is no way to escape. You're just no. like overwhelmed with all this stuff. It's like happening right now, right here. And, and that's it. But it's actually quite intricate because I mean, we're to, I'm talking about swans now, but still, it's still quite intricate because when you look at it... You were like, okay, well, there's a drummer, and then there's a second drummer, then there's a guy on a xylophone, then there's a guitarist, then there's a bassist, then there's a saxophone. You're like, holy shit, this is actually a lot of people to make this sort of texture. It's not just some guy with an this, amp, like... This noise. is why Michael Jirai is such a, I would say, genius or really good conductor. Yeah. He's a great composer, and he's also a bit of a dictator. Yeah. Which is oh, in yeah. the band... This is another topic regarding the music and playing in the band that I'm trying I, I'm trying to force myself to be a dictator but I don't want to be a dictator in no, Zoic no. I'm trying to leave enough space for both of my musicians of Henning and Udo to they have a f- certain freedom to play what they want mm. because the main thing so far you're playing in the band if you don't have fun anymore you have to quit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm try and I, I don't want to force them in those frames and tell them like you do this and you do that. No, no. But at some point I'm trying to have this position that and and they trust me, which I really appreciate. Both mm. my of my musicians they're, they're trusting me and they're saying if we are going somewhere or uh, or we are at the show and we're preparing the show, they they tell them like talk to Vlad because he's a band leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, but you don't mind that role, though. I, I don't mind, but this is you have to find a really fine balance, not to be an asshole, but at the same yeah, time be a really sort of yeah, uh, yeah. leader of the band. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I'm like enough experience, mm. really, because I started to play music pretty late, I must say. I started to play music more or less seriously when I was 18. Mm. And all the good musicians, or more or less like successful musicians, whatsoever you mean by this, they are playing since they're 13 or, or 12. Yeah, or but even kids or whatever. Yeah, but my advantage, I would say, is that I have a really... I must admire it. 
I have really huge listening experience, and yeah. I'm, I'm listening to music all the time, mm. and I'm pretty like open-minded. I can li listen to some pop music. I don't mind. I, I I listen to a lot of country music, a lot of gothic Americana things. Yeah. I'm just going to ask, what do you listen to? Because it can't be that you just listen to similar stuff all the time. No, I would go and insane. Even, even <laughs> coming into this apartment, I could hear like something in the background. I couldn't really detect what it was, but I was like, wow, that wasn't anything close to what like you make at all. Like no, nothing, no, nothing no. near. Um, you asked me also like the influences in mail, and I wrote you three bands: yeah. Morphine, Earth, and Swans, I guess. But this is—it was really hard for me to decide which are the biggest influences yeah, for yeah. me. I'm—I'm I'm pretty much. I used to be pretty much in shoegaze music, like My Bloody Valentine, Slow Dive. Uh, I used to listen, and I'm still—I'm still listening to these bands. But I also like uh, some singer-songwriters, like Nick Drake and uh, and uh, L. Smith. Um, what else? I grew up actually on punk music. Okay. Punk and hardcore, and I still have this sort of ideology in my, in the back of my head, back back again to those topic of promoting your music. Mm. Uh, this is the ideology which I follow now. Mm. Like do it on your own, but sometimes I feel also yeah we need actually a booker we need a, we need a sound guy and blah 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 blah. But I'm trying to hold it like on my carry it on my own. Yeah, yeah. and also music which I listen to. I'm listening, I'm very curious about Russian music right now because it's also part of sort of my mission or my job to bring Russian and Ukrainian bands here. And there is a lot of synthpop thing going on there, a lot of post-punk. Oh, what else? Ah, I'm actually, I'm pretty keen on dub music, like Scientist. Ah. Um, so you really are a wide range listener, actually. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's, that's, this is, that's why I told you this is sort of my advantage. And I don't mind to put some of those elements... Uh, in our music, in music yeah, of Zoic. Yeah. But then I confront in my drummer who is sometimes saying like, oh, no, man, this is too pop. Yeah. This, is, I, 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 this is too melodic. This is too romantic. But how do you even come about? Like, do you even... Okay, forgive the ignorance, right? Because some people will listen to this and just be like, that's just noise. You just play yeah. it and it just comes out. Is that the case? Or do you sort of agree beforehand where you're going or... Oh, yes, we do agree. Do you have we'll, sort of passages where you're like, yeah, we'll go here for this long. We, it's going to drop to this chord, this key, mm -hmm. whatever. Or is it just kind of, we put our instruments on max and just see what the fuck happens? No, no, no. This is, a very, this is actually a very genuine work which we do. Because I we think are, a lot of people would just assume, yeah, you just turn everything up and that's no, it. No, 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 no. There is, there is a huge job behind that. That's why it also took us about a year to record, like to compose those three songs and then to record them. In the beginning, when we just played two of us, it was pretty simple because it was. I, I tried to be in those logical structures with like one, two, three, one, two, three, or and it's like just heavy, pretty loud, but not so much experimental. Like our previous single, it's very like Ghost Direction, Buzz Oven, or 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 Weed Eater, or all those heavy sludge songs. Mm. But then we got our guitar player, Henning. It, it was very exciting, it's still very exciting, but it was also very difficult because he had a really, and she, he still has a very weird tuning on his guitar. Okay. And it was really like, complicated for me. I used to play 
I used to experiment with my tuning as well on the bass. Uh, I used to play in the beginning a very regular, like G, D, A, E. Then I switched it to E, D, A, D. And then the Henny comes, and then I have no clue what, what sort of tuning he has because, like, almost all of the strings are open, C like sharp, F, all, all, A, something you're like, what? yeah, or or like they are like E E E A F E E, like what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it took us maybe like two or three months to realize like, which kind of tuning we go in. Yeah, and then I just switched to regular. And that's really drop sonic youthy. That is like I mean they used to tune their guitars to all E and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, you're like. That's fucking mm. weird. But go for and then, it. So that was the first point which was complicated. And then it was also complicated to think in those, like, to think in those passages. Yeah. And we are, we are, when we are composing, we have like parts mm. of a song. Mm. So I, I always keen on playing like long songs in this band, like at least, I don't know, seven minutes. To like, because this music needs a, a development. It needs to open up. It needs like to go like slowly into those groove. I want to put the listener into this soundscape mm. and it takes mm. a while so uh, but we barely count so to say mm. we, we, we don't say okay this part will be 10 bars no, no. and this part will be 20 bars sometimes we do that at some like at some switches uh, when we go from one part to another there is a small bridge and then we count and then we we decide I don't know drummer Udo he plays I don't know eight bars mm. And then at the eight bar, it's clear that we go to another phase. Mm. Um, yeah, so this is this is pretty complicated because we are not always sure how long each part should be. And the workflow goes like this: we go, we we go into the room, we start to jam. Some of us has a figure or a riff or a pattern, and then we jam on it. We record it. Um, and usually, I used to like listen to those recordings and then sit here in my room. And write it down, like do I don't know, like take a A4 piece of paper, split it in three, and then like guitar, bass, drums, mm. and, li- and like writing the timing and like writing there, guitar goes bigger, or uh, at this moment we have more uh, crash, or at this moment the drummer have to use two snares, and wow. so on. So and it, it, it it actually takes a while because yeah. I usually listen to those recordings for about one hour or two hours for one song and I just try to think how it should comp- how it should be composed more and then I come to and then I send those those sketches of songs to my drummer and then we have like a new level of this song and then the guitar player comes mm. Henning, and then he tries he, he starts to improvise on that but he was also thinking on this and he was also thinking meanwhile he was thinking about some other riffs or some solos mm. on this mm. uh, so that was a usual workflow in composing like a year or, ago it's quite organic though right because I mean you're just sort of like you say dividing a bit of paper up and saying look I want it to roughly sound like this at mm-hmm. this point it's not so much like, oh, here's an exact note. Here's no, what it no, goes no. to. Here's a chord. Blah, blah, no, blah. This is, this is all about those freedom which I try to give to my bandmates. Mm. I, I mean, I just gave them, I, I give them directions. Mm. Like, we should, at this point, this song should go that direction. It should become bigger or yeah. quieter. Or it should, it should sound like jackhammer. Or yeah, it should yeah. sound like a traffic jam. Yeah, or, yeah. or whatsoever. Like, it's... it's it's not the, that's why it's not really uh, ordinary composing or classical composing of music no, no, no. and that's, I'm pretty happy that you said organic because we are trying to do our music organic that it goes like from one part slowly very naturally it flows to another part and mm. so 
and this is also helping us to set the listener into this into this into this picture mm. and we are actually we are more live band than we are recording. yeah so that's what i was going to get on to actually like how do you replicate this live is it do you record pretty much as you would play live or is there a lot of overdubs and stuff mm. well we tried at this last EP we tried to get closer to our live sound mm-hmm. and this is big respect to our sound engineer who was recording us to Basti because he 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 realized what what we want but and, and he tried to get closer to this live overwhelming sound mm. but that I was wondering why he put the drums for instance so back we needed like more push more groove there we, we are tr- uh, my plan is for the next EP, which is going to be also hopefully free songs, but it's going to be m- more lighter, more airy, more hazy, not so like really down. Um, I I would like to try to keep on like getting closer to this live sound, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it, it's it's really hard because it's always different than you are playing live music. Mm-hmm. It, it depends on, on the whole location, yeah, on the whole acoustics, the on the sound engineer before you're yeah. working, on how many people they are, on, the on your mood. The crowd, your mm-hmm. mood, like even yeah, but sleep you got, anything. Like yeah, all, all, the, all those small details, all those very like, uh, they, are, they are in the air. They are not spiritual, but they are somewhere in the room and you barely can catch them mm-hmm. as an artist. But yeah, and I'm always I keep on wondering the reaction of public of a crowd to our music because I guess all the time we've been playing there have been like no applause during the sh- during the show and we are trying to play the show like this so there are no breaks between the songs mm, so, so it's like blend in yeah one one set for about I don't know 40 minutes or 15 minutes and then I try to like meanwhile in the breaks or in the small moments when I don't play that much I try to like catch the emotions of the people and they are just they are stunned they're like with open mouth like what, what, what the hell is going on it's like no 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 reaction at all and it's a bit like how does it feel though it's it's in the beginning it was very embarrassing but then in the end of the show when that was the last chord and we say like thank you people like start to applause thank you blah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is amazing it's amazing that it w- it was worth it. You've yeah. been you've been carrying this huge sound for about forty or fifty minutes, uh, and you've been into there, into this sound, into this moment, and then in the end of the, of this moment, you realize that actually some part of the crowd been also there. You just mm-hmm. didn't notice them. Mm. Does it do your job is done, so to say? Yeah, but it does take you into some sort of headspace, right? This sort of music, mm-hmm. like definitely. So I've been listening to uh, Low while I've been preparing for this, and I've been listening to it while writing stuff. Because it's not actually as intense as you think once you sort of give into it, kind of. Like, it almost becomes quite meditative, actually. Like, you can just sort of sit, I can sort of concentrate and do something. Yeah, that was... And it almost becomes, like, quite, I don't know, ambient. I don't yeah, even... it is. It is. It is It is in a way, and it, that was... Not that I'm not listening to it, but do you mm. know what I mean? You sort of just... It puts you... Yeah, it puts you in a certain headspace. Like you say, it's a soundscape. It puts you in, in some sort of even area. though Even though it was not really an intention... No, no, and especially it's not really intention of a drummer because Udo he's more into like he's more into free jazz. He needs more action. He needs more like details. Mm. And this is also there those two different poles in our music because uh, Henning and me were trying to go to this soundscape, huge panoramic view. Yeah. And Udo sometimes he 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 switches to a really weird chaotic stuff. 
which makes a really interesting resonance. Yeah. So because to play only yet again to play to play only ambient music and to do only those cinematic stuff, it starts to be boring at some yeah. point, and it yeah. also starts to be predictive predictable yeah. You, yeah. you you know like oh, okay this is just another 20 minutes of ambient post-rock whatsoever yeah, yeah. but we i am trying to conduct it in this way that at some point there are some really unexpected switches or breaks yeah. and all of a sudden there is a straight rhythm there yeah yeah uh, but it's it's hard to do like to, to, yeah. to keep those two different poles yeah on the same level so it comes organic and natural yeah yeah Somehow, this is a mission or a hidden desire of any musician to switch out of reality. Yeah. And I keep on saying that for me personally, there are two best conditions uh, of being sort of here at this moment, but at the same time being somewhere else, somewhere beyond is like when I'm playing music and when I'm, when I'm having sex. Those two moments is that when I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. No, I know I, what you mean. But with my yeah. body, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And I think that more or less any musician tries to reach this condition, especially yeah. playing live. Yeah. And this is the most beautiful moment yeah. when you realize your whole presence with your bandmates, with the people who you love and with who you play, with who you're doing it together. But at the same time, your mind is somewhere like it's on like another plane somewhere yeah exactly yeah and this is and I'm I'm hoping with that when we are playing and we are doing our music that people who are listening to us who are here and there they also try they, they're also somewhere there we are trying we managed to bring them out of this world mm. for a while mm. Um, but alongside the band, you're also part of uh, well, you're a booking like sort of agency, mm -hmm. I guess, if I want to put it that way itself. Yeah. Like Beyond Booking. What sort of artists do you have with Beyond Booking? Is it sort of similar genre to you, or what is the sort of main main idea? The main idea, I guess. Heavy experimental music, so to say. Highly experimental music. H heavy. A heavy, 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 and experimental music. Yeah. Sort of dark, not that it's like outstream underground things, which can gain uh, quite a good success here. I would say like I'm trying to find the balance between underground and market so to say and I'm, I'm trying to to help the bands to become more popular but not 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 I don't want to go I don't want them to go out of underground mm. I still want to keep them really somewhere beyond that's why beyond booking mm -hmm. let's go back to Zoig quickly mm. is it Zoig so I get it right Zoig Zoig I was right because it's S-E-U-G Zoig yes how do you go about creating some of the effects and stuff that you actually make? Is it what are you using through through your bass? Is it a bunch of pedals, or do you just use sort of volume primarily? Or there is not so much pedals which I use. Actually, I have uh, until now. Shortly, I used to one fuzz. I use a filter, delay, and sometimes phaser. Now I get another fuzz, like a second one. Uh, but I'm trying to play a lot of with feedback. Mm. So I, 
I used to, in the very beginning, I used to put everything up to 11 and all the effects also were like pretty massive. They yeah, should yeah. be there and yeah. blah, but this is, sort of, this is so sort of, you know, like young sickness, which you have all the time when you firstly play music and you're overwhelmed of your sound and you think, yeah, it's so cool. Everybody should, should feel it. But then you start to work more genuine and more accurate of that. And just for me, sometimes it's just one small switch at one of the effects. It changed everything completely. Yeah. And, uh, but my guitar player, he's working with feedbacks even more genuine. Mm. And he's playing mm. through... Well, his guitar sound is so special because of the tuning, because of some effects which he used. But he also he tries to keep it minimal. He has one uh, reverb and uh, fuzz or distortion. Yeah. That's it. That's really basic. He, yeah. he, he tries to keep it like this. But he's also playing through two amps. And mm. one is bass amp, another one is guitar yeah, amp, yeah. Uh, which makes also this sort of... Uh, you, it, it allows him it gives him a lot of space to play with feedbacks mm, mm. and this is also very genuine you have to be really accurate because one different move or one open string and it's everything fucked up yeah uh, at least the things are fucked up which you don't want to be fucked up yeah yeah I mean it's good you say that actually I think everyone when they start sort of getting a pedals or effects or whatever even me I only just recently bought a Fender uh, tube amp and now I've started buying like lots of different pedals and things mm. but I've fallen into the same sort of disease or trap that you mentioned where it's like yeah let's just whack everything up because it sounds great and it's really different to a normal yeah, yeah. sound a little bit and, and if you continue to do like this it's for, for me personally it's a bad taste yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, you know like Mark Salmon from Morphine he said in one of the interviews like I started with one string yeah and he used to play all the time he played with two string bass yeah and maybe he had one effect. That's it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And still, the music is so inviting. You're so into there. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you don't need all those massive stacks of amps. No. Well, sometimes you need, but not, not so many, not so many effects. Like, just keep it really... You have to find your own style, and sometimes you need really only one effect. I think sometimes that maybe in 10 years, I will end up also with one distortion and one delay. That's yeah. it. But it's also like I'm I'm not very satisfied with my bass guitar because it's pretty old and cheap, and uh, like the, the neck is... <laughs> with all it those weird tunings it, I was right? doing to that it's like it's it's illegal it should be forbidden by the law which I did to my <laughs> bass guitar I'm sorry for her really <laughs> but like, where do you get your inspiration to uh, write and play all this stuff because like we said earlier you need to be in some sort of separate headspace and it is almost like out of this world kind of uh, sound that you're creating so how do you get into that um, yeah how do you get that energy to sort of come up with new pieces or passages Absolutely. I mean you must be like pretty observant or into a lot of other stuff because even just this room itself man it is well, like yeah. there are even no rules in this room <laughs> like well, this is almost an art gallery there's yeah. pictures everywhere there's uh, scrolls on the wall well this is how that I don't know what is what it is but there's definitely something going on upstairs yeah I that's like a it. quotation from Nick Cave it's my <laughs> flatmate who, who, who made this graffiti I like it it's good there's graffiti in here there's a bit of everything so you must I assume draw a lot of inspiration from a lot of different sources just like not just music either no you also asked this question about the inspiration I guess in this mail and I, I, I wrote you that things which inspires me and my band is abstract tales and objects so the main thing for me to be inspired is just to be very, very headspace. Yeah, yeah, headspace is a good word. I have to be concentrated that I'm perceiving the stuff which is going on around me. So you have to be a really good observer. 
you have to be like I, I try to be patient and I like to observe what's going on but I also like to be surrounded by people by some random things some absolutely random situations it's not like this I'm, I'm waking up and I think yeah I have to write the song about this this and that and that's how it's going to be called no it happens spontaneously it's not it's all it's this process is out, out of control yeah. sometimes you have to get control over it then you have an idea or you have an emotion which you try to depict with or just to shape it with your music mm. but um, generally it's like yeah at some point you have an idea yeah I really want to have this this sound which reminds you a screaming whale a screaming whale yeah like sort of this and I achieved this sound I, I, this is a sort of trick which I do I, I, I'm I'm turning up my low pickups and I'm turning pretty much on the distortion and then at some point I also switch on the f- huge delay and then I turn my guitar to uh, to my amp straight and then it goes this like huge opening sound which is like Ooh! wow uh, but this was that was not that I just in, in the end then when I achieved this sound I thought like yeah it actually sounds like a screaming whale yeah. But it's also a very genuine one thing. I cannot build a whole song about this. This is just no, a small no. element, which it's like a cherry on top or, or a pepper. And sometimes I add those things, but it's you can I cannot really like control it. And I, I want to do this, and I want to scream and wail, or jackhammer, or a broken yeah. cup sound, or whatever. It just it comes really randomly sometimes. Mm. And then, Zoe, your music is on uh, Bandcamp. It's on only. There. It's, it's only on Bandcamp, Bandcamp. Yeah. and this is my uh, very conscious decision. I really don't like Spotify. Well, thank you very much, Vlad. Yeah, thank you. It was really a pleasure. It's it been really, nice really good fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.